Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth. Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. It's 3 January, first, uh, first Sunday of the new year, 2021. Sunday, time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And we had a couple folks walk in today from Michigan. And I'm assuming that it's warmer here than it is in Michigan. All right, we got Doug and Lori Jones, and they're from Oxford, Michigan. I'll have to look it up. He said it's near to Detroit. It's probably the, the nearest big city. But uh, he, uh, he, for years, has worked on the machinery that makes five-gallon buckets. And I thought, right then, I've got to go check right now, because I always have five-gallon buckets on the back of my truck. You know, I always have them. And so I ran out there with him, and sure enough, his company made the five-gallon buckets, that the pickle buckets that I get from Anna's out on the key, and then I uh, use them for everything. You know, you go to Home Depot, and they're like five bucks, and I get them for free. They come with a resealable cap, and then I collect so many that eventually I put them out by the road with a sign free, and everybody, they're gone. I mean, people just, they use them for everything, but... There you go. Thank you for making the effort. It's good to have you guys here. And let's see, our first category, as always, is Israel. <clears throat> From the Jerusalem Post, new U.S. labeling policy. This would not have happened with any other administration. It has happened under Donald Trump. New U.S. labeling policy for Israel settlement products goes into effect. Goods made in Israeli-controlled territory in the West Bank, including Hebron, have to legally be labeled as made in Israel or product of Israel. The announcement published in the Federal Register was the culmination of a process initiated during Secretary of State Pompeo's visit to Israel in mid-November. At the time, Pompeo announced that the U.S. would allow goods produced in the West Bank settlements to be labeled products of Israel as opposed to the West Bank. Everybody in the world didn't want to have anything to do with this except our president, him alone. The decision coincided with Pompeo's visit to an Israeli winery in the West Bank, the first time a Secretary of State had visited Israeli community in Judea and Samaria. Per the announcement in the Federal Register, goods produced in territory where Israel continues to exercise relevant authorities like Area C under the Oslo Accords and the area known as H2 in Hebron must now be marked as Israel, product of Israel or made in Israel. Goods, on the other hand, produced in areas A and B, which are controlled by the Palestinian Authority, must be marked as West Bank, product of West Bank or made in West Bank. According to the Federal Register, commercial entities will have a grace period of 90 days to implement the new U.S. government policy, and that will not change with our new administration. That will stay the way it is, and we are acknowledging that Israel has a right to the land of Israel, and what was done during the Oslo Accords belongs to Israel. Nobody else would even touch that. So thank goodness that we've had our president who we have had. He's coming up on his final days in his presidency if nothing happens on the 6th. So we want to continue to pray through the 6th. After that, I think it's going to be a, a chew-in that uh, he will be out. So we'll see what happens on the 6th. Until then, we'll continue to pray for Donald Trump, who's been, in my opinion, one of the best, if not the best presidents, certainly in my lifetime, but in the history of this nation. I was watching uh, some uh, thing, who was it? Uh, ben Shapiro, a little one-minute video while I'm waiting for Hidako to finish up dinner. Smelled good last night. And... Um, 
uh, some little whiny liberal was challenging him on something and uh, saying how immoral Donald Trump was without any basis or support for what he said. And he said uh, to Ben Shapiro, how do you justify your support of him? And he said, he looked down for a minute and he looked up and he said, I would take keeping your promises that you made when you were a candidate as a moral issue. And he's the only one that has done this. He was very quick on his answer. He gave a very careful and meticulous answer. And it is correct. I don't know another president that has come into office that has not made countless promises that none of them came about. None. Okay. They have all lied. I don't care if it was George Bush or George Bush, you know, is the son. Doesn't make any difference. They came in. They said they were going to do these things for Israel. They did not do them. They lied to the American people. No new taxes, no this, no that. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And of course, we had the previous president who just lied all the way through his presidency, much less getting into the office, whereas Donald Trump kept his word. And if that's a moral issue that you will judge somebody by, then he should be judged fairly and that he did a moral job in that capacity. That's where I stand on that, and I agree with Ben Shapiro. From All Israel News... Third Israeli lockdown expected to cost 2.5 billion shekels a week. A Ministry of Finance report assesses an even higher cost, up to 3 billion shekels, which is $932 million a week. While the lockdown is expected to last at least two weeks, officials have already indicated that it will likely last longer. It's always that way. They keep moving these goalposts. Assuming that the lockdown may continue for up to a month, the final bill may reach up to 12 billion shekels, 3.73 billion U.S. dollars. The third lockdown is expected to shut down an additional 7,500 Israeli businesses, meaning they will never come back again, according to a new report by the consultant firm, I can't pronounce it, some funny name, based on the estimate that the new lockdown will last between three and four weeks. Approximately 75,000 businesses have already been forced to close in Israel due to the previous two lockdowns. Businesses that will shut down because of the added lockdown have reached the limit of their abilities and their financing options, and they cannot negotiate added closures, the consultancy said in an official statement. Businesses that have succeeded in switching to online sales, video conferencing, and deliveries are most likely to survive the financial crisis, according to this company. As in the past, small and family-run businesses are the most vulnerable and at risk of shutting down. This is especially true for businesses in severely hit economic sectors, such as tourism, catering, and restaurants, advertising, and entertainment. Poverty in Israel has soared above 50% due to the pandemic. I'd say it's due to the government. The pandemic had nothing to do with it. It's the government taking advantage of the situation and putting these people on the government dole. The Israeli government says it will review the situation in the country after two weeks. The lockdown is expected to be prolonged if the number of daily infections remain above 1,000 and the reproduction coefficient remains above 1. Prior to the Christmas weekend, nearly 4,000 daily virus cases were registered in Israel. I think I read this morning it was 5,000 as of today. The daily numbers usually go down during the weekend due to fewer tests. Overall, the number of virus cases remain high and continue to trend upwards. More than 3,000 Israelis have died from the coronavirus. 3,000, okay? They would have died anyway. They're all aged people. All of them. I mean, very few people have died outside of what we have seen with all the rest of the world in Israel, and they're destroying people's lives 
through this process. Since the beginning of the pandemic, almost 400,000 Israelis have contracted the virus. Do the numbers there, 400,000, divide that, take out 3,000, and it's what, 98 point something percent probably. I don't know the number, you figure it out. But I, I don't have a calculator here, but somebody has it in your uh, pocket. There are currently over 35,000 active cases and almost 600 Israeli patients are in serious or critical condition. So there you go with that. Jerusalem Post, Israel to be hit by a destructive earthquake soon, study shows. A destructive earthquake measuring 6.5 on the Richter scale is expected to hit Israel and its surrounding neighbors in the coming years. A new study led by researchers from Tel Aviv University has found... According to the study published in the Science Advances Journal, which reviewed about 220,000 years of Dead Sea geology by drilling and studying the seabed, the researchers showed that a pattern can be seen since such devastating earthquakes seem to be hitting the region every 130 to 150 years. Well, I would challenge the 220,000 years of Dead Sea history because the earth, I believe, is 6,000 years old. That's what the Bible claims, and it also claims that the Dead Sea area was a garden-like area at the time of Abraham. Remember that? He went down there with Lot, and Lot wanted the well-watered area of the Jordan, which is now that area, okay? Given that the last one hit that region 93 years ago. The researchers predict that another earthquake should hit the region in the near future. The last earthquake with such magnitude, which hit the Dead Sea region in 1927, caused injuries to hundreds of people and damage to several main cities, such as Jordan's capital, Amman, Jerusalem, Bethlehem, and Jaffa. According to the last earthquake, which is the best indicator we have, about 250 people were killed in Jerusalem, Bethlehem, Amman, and Jericho. So if we compare it to the number of people inhabiting these cities today, 100 years later, the population has grown by about two to three times. This means the number of casualties will be two to three times as much, not to mention the massive damages to infrastructure and property. Well, a forecast last year about a potential earthquake in Jerusalem said that 7,000 people would die, which is what matches the Bible. But um, just kind of interesting. They're anticipating in the not too uh, distant future another earthquake over there. So we'll see what happens. From the Christian News, from the Christian Post, I'm going to read this and uh, people will be upset to hear it. I understand that. Um, anytime somebody asked me about him, I always told the truth and, you know, people would get upset at me. So I just stopped mentioning it all. I just let people follow their own leaders. But uh, when you hear this, if you have been following this person before he died, you may be surprised. You may not be. I've known about this and I've known about all the other things that aren't mentioned in this particular article. Ravi Zacharias ministry confirms apologists did indeed engage in sexual misconduct. Ravi Zacharias International Ministries confirmed that its late founder did indeed engage in sexual misconduct, releasing an interim report by Miller & Martin PLLC, which the ministry hired to investigate allegations of misconduct that were made public months after Zacharias's death, RZIM said. This is their ministry acknowledging this. Now, this is not true that it was made public after his death. They've known this for years. They've known this for years, and this is the disgrace of RZIM. Sadly, the interim investigation upon uh, or update indicates this assessment of Ravi's behavior to be true. The misconduct is deeply troubling and wholly inconsistent with the man Ravi Zacharias presented both publicly and privately to so many over more than four decades of public ministry. It added, noting that it is devastated for those who suffered from Ravi's misconduct. 
massage therapists at day spas co-owned by Zacharias, an influential apologist who died in May after a battle with cancer, alleged that he would come in regularly for back pain treatment. Three women who spoke with some guy, an attorney, and Christianity Today said during those treatments he would do certain things, which I'm not going to read because it's so perverse, and asked for explicit photos as well as to something else. Uh, read the article if you want to know what I'm skipping. The Miller and Martin investigation team said it interviewed dozens of witnesses, including massage therapists who worked at the Touch of Eden and Javon Wellness Spas, and reviewed numerous documents and electronic devices used by Zacharias. Combining those interviews with our review of documents and electronic data, we have found significant, credible evidence that Mr. Zacharias engaged in this misconduct over the course of many years. Some of that misconduct is consistent with and corroborative of that which is reported in the news recently. And some of the conduct we have uncovered is more serious. The investigation is ongoing and is expected to conclude in January or February. The team was given broad discretion and authority to follow leads into other sexual misconduct that might arise beyond the spa allegations. I stopped following Ravi Zacharias years ago when he sat down and endorsed Joyce Myers. But he claimed degrees that he did not have. He claimed that he spoke in certain countries that he had never been to. He claimed that he uh, attended universities that say he was ne- he was a typical Barack Obama. You know, I, I got this degree at this university and nobody had ever heard of him. So the reason why I brought that up is because you should never idolize anybody. There is no person that you should say, ah, he's, he's the person that I love to listen to him. I mean, listen to their stuff. But don't idolize that person because you don't know what's going on in people's heads. If people knew what was going on in my head right now, they wouldn't want to talk to me. You know, this is who we are. We're human beings and we're fallen. And some people have real issues, so severe that they never should be in the pulpit. And this was the case with this guy. But he spoke well. He was an apologist, which means that all of the other apologists, knowing that he was doing these things, kept their mouths quiet because he could defend against the arguments that other people had very well. Well, there's a problem with that is because now all of those people are smirking and they are laughing at what's going on. And the people that were supposedly helped by him are questioning their own faith because of this. So please do not idolize anybody. I don't care who they are. I don't care if they're, you know, great orator. I don't care if they're a Jew. I don't care what your thing about that person is. Do not look at them and say he has all the answers. None of us do. And most of us have our own little secrets in our closets that will be exposed someday. We're all going to stand before the Lord, but there are things that are going on that we need to be careful with, and this is one of them. And now that that's public, I've brought it into a prophecy update, and somebody's going to say, you shouldn't have read that, like I've done something wrong, when in fact, I'm not the one that did anything wrong in this particular issue, okay? But there you go. Fox News, L.A. County health officials don't attend indoor church services no matter what the judge says. So judges said that they can and they don't want them to. Los Angeles County public health officials are asking residents to avoid attending religious services despite recent court rulings that reversed such bans on indoor worship. The request comes as California top 2 million COVID-19 cases. According to government, you know, they're locked down. How can they have all these cases? How's that possible? Florida doesn't have all those cases and we're open and there are people walking around. You wouldn't believe how full Siesta Key has been the past couple days. Mm-hmm. Absolutely chock full of people. I can't believe how many people have been out there and they're not wearing masks. They're out there doing their own thing and living their own life and they're down here because they don't want to be up there where they're locked up. So, you know, whatever. 
The request comes as California top 2 million COVID-19 cases, according to government figures. Religious services became a point of contention as county officials issued lockdown orders and some places of worship have opened in defiance. No matter, never mind that we have a First Amendment right that guarantees us that we can do that. No matter what a superior court judge says, and given what's happened now, it is simply too risky to gather indoors with other people who do not live with you, the L.A. County Department of Public Health said in a statement. The county reversed its indoor worship ban over the weekend after a Supreme Court ruling that sided with the Southern California church that challenged the restrictions. Now, most unfortunately, is not the time to attend indoor religious services. I'd say it's more important that they do, not less, health officials said. The county of Los Angeles is in the midst of its highest surge of COVID-19 cases. The local emergency rooms and hospitals are over capacity, and there are no indications of an end in sight to the current surge. Big whoop. Um, going back to what I read the previous article, you know, I brought up a couple people that have had serious theological problems during prophecy updates, and I always get skewered by people for that. You shouldn't mention that during an update. Well, when am I supposed to mention it? These people are teaching heresy. They're teaching doctrinal error, and it's open for the people that are watching these particular things, and that is what we are to do. That's what Paul did in the New Testament. He didn't say to Peter, hey, Peter, come here. I want to tell you something in private. He called them out right in front of everybody. And guess what? It's recorded right in scripture for all of history to know. Peter had fallen from the truth of the gospel. He had gone down heresy highway and Paul called him out right in front of everybody. And that is a mark that will always be there in the word of God. So this is our job is to talk about these things and not to hide them and brush them under some type of a covering so that people don't know. It's a disgrace to Christianity when these things do become public later. Mideast and Africa, all Israel. Turkish president calls for improved ties with Israel, appoints new ambassador, Turkey. Turkish Erdogan is making overtures to the very Jewish state he has been hostile toward over the past several years, raising speculation as to why now and what is in it for Turkey. Earlier this month, he ended a two-year standoff with Israel, appointing a new ambassador to the Jewish state. That kind of took me by a surprise. And then last Friday, he told reporters in Ankara that he hopes the two counties can improve ties. When I say last Friday, I mean a week ago, not two days ago. Our heart desires that we can move our relations with them to a better point. To be clear, Erdogan, who has positioned himself as a defender of the Palestinian cause among worldwide Muslim leadership, insisted that the Palestinian policy is our red line. It is impossible for us to accept Israel's Palestine policies. Their merciless acts there are unacceptable. But he added that despite difficulties with some people at the top in Israel, perhaps hinting at Prime Minister Netanyahu, the two countries continue to share intelligence and work together. Both his statements and the appointment of a new ambassador were unexpected. As recently as September, Erdogan caused a ruckus in the United Nations in a speech accusing Israel increasing its dirty hand that reaches the privacy of Jerusalem where the sacred places of the three great religions coexist. And despite having its own agreement with the Jewish state, Turkey condemned the countries who normalized relations with Israel in the past four months, calling these treaties a blow to the Palestinian cause. Well, it's not, and each one of those countries is told why they made this treaty with Israel and why the Palestinians have worn out their welcome by continuing to drag things along that should have been resolved years ago by them, not by Israel, by them. 
For its part, Israel has accused Erdogan of supporting Hamas and the Muslim Brotherhood, contending that Hamas has plotted attacks from Istanbul and that Turkey has granted citizenship to at least 12 of its members. Turkey has also long pursued a strategy called a quiet jihad in Jerusalem, including investing in local Palestinians, promoting Muslim tourism to Jerusalem, and buying real estate with a goal to gain control over the Temple Mount. The Turks opened a cultural center in the old city and have been providing charity to the Arab population in the city. So all this is going on. Nobody can quite figure out what Erdogan is doing and why he would want to do this now. But, you know, it kind of clues me in that maybe things are moving up quicker and he's trying to deflect something. That's the only thing I can think of with this guy because he's he's always got his mind on reestablishing the Ottoman Empire and being the big ruler of the universe and... So he's got something going on, and the article doesn't explain it, and I saw no other article that gave a rational analysis of why he decided to do this now. From Archiva, U.S. setting up consulate in Western Sahara. Good job. The U.S. State Department said it began the process of setting up a U.S. consulate in Western Sahara after President Trump's admin this month recognized Morocco's sovereignty over the region. Effective immediately, we are inaugurating a virtual presence post for Western Sahara with a focus on promoting economic and social development to be followed soon by a fully functioning consulate, Secretary of State Pompeo said in a statement. Our president, for all we know, will be out of the presidency in 20-some days. Okay, we don't know for sure. Most people right now would just be holding off and saying, I'm just not going to do all this stuff until I know. This guy is going full forward with the things he promised to do and also the things that are necessary to make sure the things he promised to do and did will stay in that capacity. He has done a great job. I certainly hope that that January 6th will be favorable to him, but we're just going to have to wait and see. Um, let's see here. This virtual presence post will be managed by the U.S. Embassy in Rabat. He further said that Washington would be continuing to support political negotiations to resolve the issues between Morocco and the Polisario within the framework of Morocco's autonomy plan. Good stuff. From the Times of Israel, Nasrallah, he's the Hezbollah up in Lebanon, Nasrallah claims Saudi-Israeli plot to kill him, says precision missiles doubled. Lebanon's Hezbollah has doubled the number of its precision missiles over the past years, the terror group's leader Hassan Nasrallah said. In a four-hour interview at the pro-Hezbollah Al-Mayadeen news website, Nasrallah also claimed his Iran-backed Shiite group has the ability to accurately hit any part of Israel. And he said Saudi Arabia, Israel, and the U.S. were seeking to kill him. Tensions in the region are high following the recent assassination of Iran's top nuclear scientist in a raid attributed to Israel and amid fears of further attacks at the tail end of President Trump's White House term. In the interview, Nasrallah claimed that its regional foe, Saudi Arabia, has been seeking to assassinate him for a long time and that the kingdom has involved the U.S. and Israel in the plan. Our, this guy sounds a little paranoid to me. Our data indicates that Saudi Crown Prince MBS raised the issue of my assassination during his visit to Washington, adding that the Americans agreed to a Saudi request to assassinate me that Israel would implement it. So there you go with that. And from the Times of Israel, 150 House Democrats urge Biden to re-enter the Iran nuclear deal without conditions. Just go back in and let them have their way. 
Mongolia. This is why this was such an important election and why those Christians that failed to get out and do their job, you know, it might not have made any difference with all of what happened with the election, you know, which I can't say because if I do, this will be shut down. But uh, you know what I'm thinking. However, it still is our job as citizens of the nations we live in to be members of the nations we live in, including voting. From Mongolia, Reuters. Rio Tinto confirms $6.75 billion cost for Mongolia mine production to start in late 2022. Oyu Tolgoi is one of the world's largest known copper and gold deposits located in the southern Gobi region of Mongolia. The Mongolian government holds a 34% stake in the project and Rio-controlled Turquoise Hill owns the rest. The project was held up as Mongolia sought to strike a better bargain with Rio and Turquoise, locked in a feud over the expansion's funding and costs ballooning because of the difficult geology of the site. Rio said Oyu Tolgoi is expected to produce more than 480,000 tons of copper per year on average from 2028 until 2036 from both the open pit and underground mine against 146,300 tons in 2019. From just the open pit, by 2030, OU Tolgoi is expected to be the fourth largest copper mine in the world. Good stuff. Daniel 12 Technology, from Zero Hedge, breakthrough. IBM and Fujifilm develop new magnetic tape with 580 terabyte capacity. 580 terabyte capacity. The world currently produces 2.5 quintillion bytes of data daily due to the Internet of Things. The emergence of 4K slash 8K videos and the proliferation of AI and automation. By 2025, worldwide data could soar to 175 zettabytes, representing 61% annual growth. Thanks to the virus pandemic, the rapid digitization of the economy, sparking a massive push in remote working among corporations, have also resulted in a massive increase in data storage. So, where is all this data being stored? More than 500 hyperscale data centers are scattered across the world, storing an estimated 547 exabytes with an estimated 151 facilities currently under development. According to IBM, there is only one technology which can handle that the massive growth of digital data, keep it protected from cybercrime attacks, and is archiving data for some of the largest hyperscale data centers in the world is a technology more than 60 years old, magnetic tape. More than a decade ago, IBM partnered with Fujifilm to advance the technology in magnetic tape. What they developed is a new tape that can store huge amounts of critical data. The new tape can achieve a storage capacity of 317 gigabytes per square inch, which means a single tape is capable of storing 580 terabytes of data. Putting 580 terabytes into perspective for readers, it's equivalent to 786,977 CDs stacked 944 meters high, which is taller than the Burj Khalifa, the world's tallest building. That's a colossal amount of data, all fitting on a tape cartridge on the palm of your hand, said IBM. 
The breakthrough aimed at advancing decades-old technology came when researchers from both companies developed a brand new tape with strontium ferrite instead of using barium ferrite. I could have told them that. They should have asked me that years ago. <laughs> of course. Which has been used to create the tape for years. Strontium ferrite offers the potential for higher density storage in the same amount of tape. IBM concludes that this new milestone will allow tape drives to handle the massive growth of digital data, which is just in time for the fourth industrial revolution. Okay, mail online. Self-healing phone screens enriched with linseed oil can automatically fix cracks within 20 minutes. You drop your phone, it gets cracked. 20 minutes, it's fixed. South Korean researchers combined linseed oil with the plastic of phone screens. When the material is smashed and cracks appear, the linseed oil is released. The transparent liquid then hardens and repairs the cracks naturally. This process occurs slowly, but UV light speeds it up to less than 10 minutes. Yeah. Revelation plagues today. Zero hedge. New normal arrives. Singapore Airlines launches COVID-19 digital health passport for passengers. They're the first people to do it. Everyone else will follow suit. Singapore Airlines is the first major carrier to introduce a digital health certificate to verify passengers' testing history and vaccination status. Here it goes. Even after the virus pandemic ends, these health passports will be sticking around and could offer evidence that a traveler has been vaccinated. So you still have to be vaccinated even when it ends, not just for COVID-19, but any other disease that they can conjure up. I added that last little part on, they can conjure up, but we know what's going on here. And uh, uh, I just won't be traveling by plane anymore, I guess, because it's going to start. They've got it in Singapore. It's going to snowball around the world in no time. And what about uh, eventually... You can't buy or sell anything eventually. That's right. From Zero Hedge, Spain plans a registry for those who refuse COVID vaccine. What will be done is a registry which will be shared with our European partners of those people who have been offered it and have simply rejected it, he said. The registry would not be made public or delivered to employers, which begs the question, why else would the government keep a database of that information? Zero Hedge. It may be used for Voter ID, that's exactly, that's what they need to use it for. Zero Hedge, travel insurers likely to make vaccination a requirement. So not only do you need to have one to get on a plane, you need to have it just to get insured for your trip. The International Travel and Health Insurance Journal reports that if the EU obliges travelers to vaccinate, Travel insurance providers may refuse to cover those who decline to have the vaccination. The report notes that the EU has previously indicated that travelers and anyone applying for a visa could be mandated to get the vaccine in order to enter and move between EU countries. So now you can't even travel, you know, through the EU in your car without this. Zero hedge. 12,000 New York City students banned banned from school for not consenting to random COVID testing. Students without consent forms and who do not have approved exemptions are transitioned to remote instruction. From the Daily Caller, World Health Organization chief scientist says it's unclear if vaccine will prevent COVID-19 from spreading. So why even take it? The World Health Organization chief scientist expressed skepticism over what exactly the coronavirus vaccine actually does 
with regards to transmissibility while speaking during a World Health Organization press conference. So you don't even know what the thing does. They got this vaccine that doesn't do anything, and yet you have to take it or you can't go anywhere by anything. It's been starting to kill older. Oh, yeah, the vaccine is, well, give me a minute, we'll get to it. Mail online. <laughs> ER nurse tests positive for COVID-19 eight days after he received Pfizer vaccine. So he got it from the vaccine is what happened, but they're saying that he got it from somebody and it just hadn't kicked in already. I know they got it from the vaccine because there's an article, which I don't have included in here, where Israel, they gave it to a whole bunch of people. All of them got it. They got it from the vaccine. Yeah, anyway, Weasel Zippers, a video. Bill Gates says vaccine may not work now. Yeah, New York Post. Nursing home resident dies after getting COVID-19 vaccine. Zero Hedge, Swiss patient dies shortly after receiving Pfizer COVID vaccine. After an Israeli man reportedly died just two hours after receiving his first dose, which they said had nothing to do with his death. Died two hours afterward, and they said it had nothing to do with it. Um, let's see here. First dose of the COVID-19 vaccine. Authorities in the Swiss canton of Lucerne said on Wednesday that one of the first people in the country to receive the vaccine has died. Though whether his death had anything to do with the inoculation hasn't yet been determined. And I've read numerous articles. I just threw those in there just so you can see that people are dying from getting the vaccine. Epic Times. Swiss authorities say link between COVID-19 vaccine and death of 91-year-old recipient, highly unlikely. He died just right after getting it, but it had nothing to do with it. No information was provided as to the time that it elapsed between the administration of the vaccine and the death of the individual concerned. Morality today. Mail online. University of Michigan is blasted as parochial and moronic after woke IT task force bans words like picnic, brown bag, and blacklist for being offensive and harming morale. Yeah, use the word picnic, you can offend somebody now. The Words Matter Task Force recommended words and phrases to be eliminated by the IT department at the University of Michigan. Phrases deemed offensive include native and sanity check. I have no idea, native and sanity check. You can't say it anymore at the University of Michigan. <sighs> okay, National Pulse. Stadium bans non-woke fans, demands re-education before re-entry. This is in the UK. Cambridge United Football Club has issued bans and compulsory re-education for fans who booed players kneeling prior to a soccer game. They didn't like that their team was doing this offensive thing. They booed and now they have to be re-educated. Players from Cambridge United took a knee to protest alleged racial injustice and inequality before a game against Colchester United, prompting a handful of fans to boo their misguided actions. As a result, fans have been asked to undertake education around discrimination and equality before they are allowed back into the Abbey Stadium. Mail online. San Francisco mayor blasts California governor Gavin Newsom for not picking a black woman to take Kamala Harris's Senate seat. Yeah, so now we have, we have to replace somebody with somebody and you can't pick anybody else. Okay. That's the new standard. If you have a black woman, you must replace her with a black woman. And so we have right now a white president and a white vice president. I think we must have a white president and a white vice president because we have to keep these things consistent. 
absolutely insane what's going on in the left's mind. It's like peanut butter up there. <laughs> Breitbart, Ohio judge rules biological sex can be changed on birth certificate to reflect preferred gender. That's a Ohio judge says now Ohio has to do this. Our other category, zero hedge. Wheels come off for bus companies, closing down travel options for poor Americans. Now, I have to disagree with this. It's wrong on the surface, but we'll go with it for now. The wheels on the nation's buses aren't going round and round very much these days. Demand for bus travel has fallen by more than 80% during the pandemic, as public health authorities urge people to avoid travel where possible. That is raising concerns about the potential long-term damage to an essential transport method for millions of lower-income Americans and those who have to take the bus for whatever reason. They're finding fewer options and often higher prices as a result. Feeling the pinch most are people like Andrew Sarkis. He paid $97 for a one-way bus ticket from Hampton, Virginia to New York City, a 12-hour journey that required two transfers. It's expensive, man, said Sarkis while stretching his legs after his bus took a brief stop at Union Station in Washington, D.C. I used to go on another bus for 45 bucks a trip, and that goes straight to New York, he added. I can tell you, my daughter just came down from uh, New York, and she landed here in Sarasota, not Tampa, and it was like $40, and there were some flights were $20, okay? So this guy was wasting his money by going on the bus in the first place. It's always been that way. You know, we've had, what is it, Sprint, or that one airline that flies out of uh, St. Pete, and Spirit, you could go on them. I mean, years ago, when everything was really expensive, you could still go on $65 almost anywhere in the country. Okay, but you had to go on certain days and at certain times. But if you don't mind that. So, but having said that, if you get rid of the Greyhound buses, if you get rid of that type of transportation, that means if somebody needs to get from Sarasota, Florida to, we'll say, New York City, okay, you either have a choice and you don't have a car, you can either put out your thumb or you can get on an airplane, but you can't get on an airplane without your vaccination. You see? So they're getting rid of your options in this world. So you're going to be stuck in your little box if you don't get this vaccination. Anyway, just something to think through. Zero Hedge. 2020 gun sales shatter records as Americans lock and load. Amid 2020's perfect storm of racial tensions, lockdowns, and a record spike in unemployment, which coincided with the national crime wave, people had been stocking up on firearms like never before. According to the monthly FBI data, November was the busiest month on record for background checks with over 3.6 million applications, a figure which is up 40% from the prior November, putting the country at an all-time high of 35,758,249 checks so far this year, that was at the end of the week last week, and 26% higher than 2019's 28,400,000 checks. So that's a lot of people applying for a whole lot of guns, and they, they know what's coming. Okay, they know what's coming. Epic Times. Chicago Christmas weekend violence sees eight killed, 30 shot. Zero Hedge. This is absolute bull. Unsolved murders on the rise in 2020 due to COVID-related challenges. Police are solving less murders as a result of new challenges that have been created by COVID-19. In fact, homicides rose almost 40% for the country's 10 largest police departments in the first 11 months of 2020, the Wall Street Journal reported. That has nothing to do with unsolved murders. That has to do with Democrats. You want to know a revelation plague, you just look at the Democrat Party of the United States of America. That is what is a revelation plague at the highest order. 
people are dying, people are upset in all of these cities. And it's always the Democrat cities that face these problems. Always, always. So the report noted that detectives across the country have been overwhelmed by the rise in homicides after the rate had been falling since the 1990s. Well, this is totally a left agenda, 100% manufactured agenda. COVID has made traditional police work, including face-to-face interviews, difficult to undertake. No, they've been telling them that they can't do their jobs. And like in New York City, as we saw last week, when somebody gets arrested for a gun crime, they just let them back on the street. They can't give them any bail. They just, you're back out there. This comes amid a year where civil unrest has been high and the public trust of police has sunk. Well, that is totally a manufactured crisis, 100% manufactured by the left. And we're the ones that have to suffer through this. It's depressing, I know, but I want you to know these things. That's why I bring them up every week. New York Post, seven killed in random stabbing attack outside Chinese school. Now, one of the greatest mass murders in all of history was a Chinese guy in China four or five years ago. I think he killed 27 people with a knife. Guns are not the problem, folks. It's people that are under stress and duress for whatever reason that go out and start killing people. This guy killed more with a knife this week, this past week, than most people with a gun kill when they go out and start shooting people. Okay, so we need to understand that knives are just as much of a problem as guns, and that is not the problem at all. It's the person wielding that implement. Okay, a crazed man fatally stabbed at least seven people, most apparently older women in a suspected random knife attack in China. The suspect, Yang, started attacking people, including some who appeared to have just come out of a nearby bathhouse. The victims also included seven injured people, so he took out seven and injured seven, such as a cop who tried to stop him. It's lucky that school is off today. Otherwise, there could have been more victims. So they, they have said that right in their article. This is the people being interviewed in China. He killed seven, hurt seven, and he could have killed a lot more with a knife. With a knife. Chinese law restricts the sale and possession of firearms, but mass attacks with knives have become an alarming problem. Zero Hedge. Illegal street vendors overtaking New York City, and the entire city is blaming Bill de Blasio. In addition to murders rising, restaurants closing, shops being boarded up, and a litany of taxation and redistribution of wealth, tactics that de Blasio has brought to the table during his tenure as mayor, he is now also blamed for an inconspicuous rise in illegal street vendors. Now, he's killed the stores. He's killed the the people that are legally open, and he's allowing this to happen without any restriction. The number of illegal street vendor complaints for 2020 have almost eclipsed 2019's number, despite New York City being in lockdown for 78 days. 90% of vendors aren't licensed. Of the 20,000 vendors across the city, only a few thousand are licensed. A very tough time for everybody. We get it. But we need to be fair to the local merchants who are paying very high rent and taxes. Ira Dannenberg, who has worked in Flushing for 19 years, said, I've never seen anything like it. People literally have no choice but to walk on top of each other. He blames the issue on de Blasio for ordering, ordering the New York Police Department to stop cracking down on vendors in June. This guy cracks down on anybody that opens for five minutes to try to feed his children, and yet he allows these people to openly be out in the street, and you can't even do anything about it. Chattanooga Times Free Press. AT&T outage puts Chattanooga's biggest retailers on... 
cash only payments. That guy that blew up that place, now you ha have cash. That's the idea. Have cash. They're telling you you don't need cash anymore. It's dangerous. It's this. It's that. And then something like that happens and nobody can buy anything. Epic Times. Trump administration strengthens order banning U.S. investment in Chinese military companies. Good job. He's getting them out one after another. I, I could have given you 20 things that he's done this week on this line with China. Weasel Zippers. President Trump signs executive order funding the tuitions of students whose schools won't reopen for in-person learning. Executive order on expanding educational opportunity through school choice. What that means is, you know, did you see the lady that's down in Puerto Rico? She's one of these people uh, from Chicago. She's from Chicago, and she's won't allow them to open the schools. She's one of the labor union people. It's too dangerous. And she's down there posting this from Puerto Rico, out on the beach with no mask on. Okay, they don't want you to go back to school because then they have to do their jobs. And so President Trump has said, if you don't open these schools, that money is now going to these private schools that will open. Good job, President Trump. Only makes sense to me. Zero hedge. Donald Trump ends Obama's 12-year run as Gallup's most admired man. How is it possible that Biden, who's way down on that list, got like 6% or something, won an election when this is the most popular man in America. I won't say any more. I won't say any more. Times of Israel. Ending torturous Brexit journey, UK breaks away from EU economy. Good job, Britain. Okay? Got a lesser cure for you. If picnic is a harmful word, then so are salami and bird. It's 1984 coming right through the door. Our free speech is getting quite blurred. Okay, got one irony for you and we'll be done. Weasel Zippers. City of Madison. We'll close your business. We'll ruin your life. But if you don't clear the snow, we'll find you. Yeah, they're going to find people that don't even have their businesses open if they don't clean the snow off of the front of their... Can you imagine that? That's ironic. Such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia... I'm Charlie Garrett. This is the Superior Word, and that is your first prophecy update of the year.